Right? Is that right? What was that, Trevor? For XG, they just like calculate each, each shot yeah. has like an expected value, an expected goal value. I don't think it's just yeah. shots though, right? Like if you get the ball in a dangerous position, do, doesn't that raise your XG a bit? It won't. I think XG is just th- shots. Yeah, I thought XG oh. was just, I'm sure yeah. there's other stats that like show that, but I thought XG was just shots <laughs> and you just had a shot that was valued at like 0.2 or 0.8 or whatever it is. Yeah. And then throughout the game, they just add all that up and then it gives you a number. Is that right? Yes. It is calculated by comparing okay. it to thousands of shots recorded earlier based on factors yeah. such as distance, position of defenders, type and speed of pass, type of shot, shot angles, various other aspects. Putting it simply... Each shot is assigned a particular value between zero and one, with one being the highest chance of scoring and zero being the lowest. Interesting. Yeah, see, like I understand like how they get that number. I just yeah. didn't understand how they got to at the end of the game. Oh, what was it? I was just looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I have no RSL idea. was one point one and Vancouver was one point eight. Oh. <laughs> no, like that's that's good. That means we I mean no, because depending it? on how you look at it, it means that we doesn't that mean that they had a better chance of they almost scored two and we barely we scored just over that we had the expectation all the outcomes aside we, we outperformed the expectation and they underperformed. Hold on, let me. And add depending this on to who you doc. talk to, that can be a good thing or a bad XG thing, depending on how you look at it. In relation to this match, welcome to episode fifty-one of Off the Crossbar, guys. A math episode. Yeah. A math podcast. We're going to work to find derivatives and. Um, okay. That's honestly a good intervals. question, though. Well, I guess we can what? talk about that what when we actually derivatives? talk about soccer. No, whether we think that's a positive or a negative. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's put it on the dock real quick. Nice. That's I, I a good... already did. XG in relation to this match. Cool. The X is capitalized well and the G is not, so I better fix that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's backwards. completely backwards. That's about as yeah. backwards as you can get in that type of situation. There we go. All right. Now I've we're the pod. MLS Advanced Analytics community. Now we're cooking with all so cooking with all cylinders. That's not the expression. Cooking now with gas. Cooking with all <laughs> cylinders. So last year, about this time of year, I got really into that Sudoku video guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember how much I talked about doing lots of Sudoku. Oh, that's right. I've heard you yeah. talk about that, but I have no idea what the Sudoku guy is. Oh, he's, talking like about. The, he's a really delightful British guy, and one of his phrases he uses is uh, when when he gets really going on a puzzle and solving lots of numbers, it, he always says, uh, now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. I've, I've heard that one, and I've heard firing yeah. on all cylinders, yeah. and halfway through, I changed what I was saying. That's what happened. Good job, Trevor. Started one and ended on the other. So nice. Well, pretty good stuff. Anyway, hi. Thank you for having me, Matt. What are we going to discuss next? I don't know. Uh, Let's go to the dock. Oh, Kyle, why don't you introduce this next item? Ooh, the next and first item on our docket (laughs) is the social hour, which, of course, if needs no introduction, no reminder. Not actually an hour. So, um, not yet. Not yet. But as things start heating up, you know, as things start get to, you know, get a little spicy, we might need it. Um, and on that note, I don't think I'm, I don't think I've gotten it. Just kidding. I do. I always do. Um, yeah. I want to tell you guys about something I started, I found on YouTube that I really enjoy watching. And it's, 
any type of content around very large ships. Um, there's like a really good genre of, of ship launches on YouTube. Yeah. That are incredibly impressive you. where they have these like just the biggest ships you've ever seen are deployed out to water after being built, I presume, in a variety of ways. There's like the mechanisms that go into launching a ship of that size. That's like the size of just I, I, there, Wait, I can't we're even talking like tankers and like cruise ships. We're talking anywhere stuff. from like tank to like even like uh yeah like cruise ships even but cruise ships they have to be a more a bit more delicate because there's stuff on it. But like <clears throat> you'll see these gigantic cargo ships that they will some of them get pushed out sideways like they're essentially going they're parallel to the water in which the channel in which they're being pushed into and they're just going down this like gigantic chute and and like the way they're mounted on top is first on top of what looks just like a pile of bricks and then you have dudes on each pile just hitting it with a hammer and then this mega ship just slides down this like slide into the water and the specific like subgenre is when they fall, they slide into the water and like nearly tip over, but cause just gigantic waves. And it looks like it's completely out of control, but it's all like very calculated. And like there's people set uh, like people that like to watch these things in person are all set up in areas in which they don't get, you know, hit by this gigantic wave. But in the ships, I've never seen one tip over. They all just in some of them are so like they look like they're right on the verge of like capsize or like flipping over, but they never do. And there's just uh, um, great ship video content on YouTube. Highly recommend. I think you can just search like big like, ship launch. Yeah. Ship launch success best Super ship cool. launches that kind of uh, stuff near near fails those are good mm-hmm. but yeah they, they really have, they get the clicks they do have some that do fail yeah i haven't i actually haven't i didn't find one i'm, I'm sure there are you'd have yeah. to think that it was that it would it would have to happen like yeah um so got into got into those over the last week pretty good i got into just watching it, um videos about gigantic cruise ships as well and I was watching this one that was uh, the top five largest cruise ships. And I was like watching this just like countdown video. And it was pretty cool. Just talking about all these insane, gigantic ships. And the guy narrating it was uh, just giving very factual information about the ships, talking about how much they cost, how many, um, you know, how many passengers it holds, how many uh, staff are like based on the ship and all that. Gave all these very, uh, very statistical pieces of information. And then when he got to like the second to the biggest one, it was like, yeah, so it was number two on the list. He just had been going through all these. he's, He's a numbers guy. He randomly was just like. And this ship has been uh, blessed to have the god, the the god family of the ship, Alexa Vega from the Spy Kids franchise <laughs> and her family. They are the god family of the ship. And they um, and I don't know what goes into being the god family of a ship, but apparently yeah. they appear to haunt the ship with their spirits and uh, some sort of protective spell over the ship. Can and then he just moved on to the biggest <laughs> ship. Just didn't run down a stat. Of a ship someday, like we the podcast. 
I yes. think we have to be Catholic first, don't you? Well, I mean, I, okay. So a lot I of questions. Know. Does it have to be like a former child actor turned like vlogger? Like, I think she's like a vlogger now. No, I think, she's, she, I think she got back into acting. I thought she started doing oh, like movies again. <laughs> that's funny you mentioned that. Okay. The reason I do know that, but I, so after I saw that she was, she and her family were like the, the, um, the ghost of Christmas past, but for this carnival cruise ship or whatever, and they protect the people on board. Um, I was, and I desperately needed more information because that was an insane thing to just say and then not give any context on. So, um, watched her vlogs for a little bit. She has this really cute family. Um, and she talked about that on one of the episodes, but, and when they were talking about that on an episode, they were leaving Salt Lake city to go to Florida, um, to be, to get, uh, christened or whatever as the <laughs> for the for the ship and the reason why she was leaving salt lake city is because she was filming in some incredibly garbage like hallmark looking oh, movie oh that I, christmas I think, one. Oh, uh wait is this this year i think it was okay so i was wait. at a bookstore on like at ninth and ninth recently like a month ago and uh walked past the filming of some hallmark movie it was oh, christmas at, at the tower Christmas at the Madison is the name. Oh, that, so, that might not be the one she was in, but oh, that is filming more than one in Salt Lake. Yes. So apparently they wow. film a bunch of those here now for some reason. Huh. Um, the one that she was in, like she's oh, in a lot of these. She's oh, been in a boy. bunch of Hallmark movies. Oh boy. I've oh, just pulled up her Wikipedia. Boy. I thought that she like quit acting oh, for like boy. a she's period. In a bunch of bad she movies. She definitely didn't. She just went through a lot of bad movies. Yeah, her name shows. is Alexa Pena Vega now because I think her yeah, uh, husband's name is uh, Pena. But yeah, oh, taking a shot at love is the one that she is in. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, a former professional. Wait, is this the one that was filmed here? Dude, she actually is in a considerable amount of. Hallmark like videos. Garbage movies. Wow. Taking a shot at love. Okay. So the the one I walked past does have uh Ashley <laughs> Williams, who was on How I Met Your Mother, the Baker Lady. Oh. Okay. And I think that's very funny to me. And I, I can't explain why it's so funny, but it is very funny. Oh, you know what? I think Oh my gosh, this is so brutal. I feel I mean Get that bag. I hope she's getting paid well for this. Okay. So there's there's one that she was in. It may have been this one she was filming. It's called Christmas Made to Order. A Hallmark original a Hallmark Channel original movie. When architect and Christmas amateur Steven finds himself hosting his family for Christmas, he recruits holiday coordinator Gretchen to bring holiday joy to his home. That's the that's <laughs> that's it. Um after a great opportunity presents itself to Gretchen, she and Steven must decide what's really important in life. Yeah, filmed in Salt Lake City. We uh, should pivot once the MLS season is over and review these movies. movies. Yeah, as a podcast. I was going to say, this sounds like another podcast that I've listened to before. Kyle. I we I could bring back Cinema Soulmates just for this, but oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this review is hilarious. Starts off with a few cheesy lines, but the dialogue did get better. Plot was also pretty interesting, and I'm glad Hallmark is starting to make more finding love in the city Christmas movies because all those you have to go to a small town to feel Christmas spirit and find love movies were getting really or they were starting to get really tiresome. Yeah. Finding oh, love. Yeah? They haven't made enough of those finding love in the city type movies. Anyway, so that's my update. 
she's been on, on she's been on Picture Perfect Mysteries, oh. which I think is a mo- or television film, and she's played in three of them in the last two years. I saw she's in a movie called Sleepaway, and was very disappointed to see it wasn't a modern remake of Sleepaway Camp. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, that would have, should have, would have, could have. I know. Yeah. Anyway, that was my long update. Um, don't know what else is going on, but anyway, uh, Trevor, what's what up with you? What is up with me? Um, I don't remember. I it's been like what's how many days since we last recorded? I had a weekend. Uh, it was Father's Day. I celebrated oh, Father's, Happy Day Father's Day. By, as, thank you, as Pod Dad. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we went to. So story time, I used to work a job that I had Sunday and Monday off. And those were my days. That was like my weekend was Sunday and Monday. And Charlotte was going to school and I would have her on the weekend, Sunday and Monday. And I would bring her to school on Monday morning. (laughs) But then school was out. Mondays became just a second weekend day. And so we would always go to on school days. We'd get like a donut on the way to to school to drop her off and like that was breakfast and that became like a thing and then once school got out we went to ihop and that became like our breakfast thing and we haven't done that for a very long time because i don't have mondays off anymore and we just didn't have like that routine anyway so for father's day we went to ihop for breakfast for the first time in several years and it was just a nice little like walk down memory lane kind of thing we haven't done it in like four or five years but it was a lot of fun um yeah that's pretty much all i did we then we came home and she got a bed oh that was a mess forgot about that she had a bed at her mom's house and her mom bless her heart um called me on like tuesday or wednesday this week and was like oh hey we ordered she'd been talking about getting a bed a new bed for charlotte for like a while and she was like oh hey we got that bed ordered when can you come get her bed because her existing bed was then coming over to my house so I was like, I, the weekend, I can get a truck on the weekend and we can come pick it up. If we can't do it this weekend, we'll do it next, but don't worry about it. It'll get done. And she got a little nervous and was like, well, the bed's going to be here very soon. Like we ordered it. And I was like, it takes six weeks for those beds to arrive. If you order it online, it takes forever. It's not a quick thing. And I know you didn't pay for like overnight shipping for a bed. So like relax. And then she informed me that she did in fact order it six weeks ago and just forgot to tell me. <laughs> She was like, it's going to be here on Friday and we need to set it up on Saturday. So we need you to get the bed out. And anyway, so I ended up moving a bed unplanned by myself, borrowing a truck and going to go get it and bringing it back. And we did not assemble it. It's an Ikea bed. And okay. her her help with putting it back together was she took one picture of one part and was like, this is how this goes together. You put this piece of wood in here and then there's a screw that goes into it. And it's like oh, 15 no. parts that she pulled, that she put it into. And she was like, I hope that helps. And I was like, that's very helpful. Thank you very much. It's incredibly. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So wow. sometime this week, I got to put a bed together with no instructions and just a you bunch know, of screws. Get, if you know the name of it, you can get the instructions. Yeah, and that's. That's what I did. Um, she was oh, okay. she was mad that she lost the instructions. She thought that she had them. Um, Those so are the was first like, thing I throw away. Yeah, fair enough. But I told her I was like, just find if it's an IKEA bed, just find the name, text it to me, and I'll find the manual. And I can figure it out. That's half my job is finding manuals and figuring it out. So yeah, I can probably handle it. 
Well, yeah. So sometime this week, I'm putting a bed together. And yeah. then Charlotte's going to have a new bed at our house, which means we get to get rid of her dresser because it's one of those beds with the drawers under the bed. Oh, so I cool. love that. Well, so if you save need some help, room. like, holding things straight while you use a drill, um, I know you've got a roommate that you can ask. <laughs> I'm happy to come give you moral support. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, well, we can do it over Zencaster. I'll build the bed and you guys can. Oh, I was going to say I can come film some B-roll and we can make a real production. But, yeah, that'd be uh, fun. Yeah. Matt, what's yeah. been going on with you? most of my weekend. I just have a garden update. Okay. I think I've done things between now and our last episode. But for the most part, it I don't, I don't know. Uh, so we got patty pan squash coming in ripe now. Um, and they are the best. They're like what squash patty pan. They're they're kind of UFO shaped. Is that exactly P A T T Y P A N? Spelling that exactly how it sounds. Oh, those yeah. are UFO looking squash. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of something like to compare the size. Um, oh, those are they're cool. Like, they're between like the size of a CD. And the size of like one of those uh, GameCube discs. Oh, okay. like between the smaller than a CD. Yeah, slightly. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're you just slice them into wedges, and I've been sautéing <laughs> them in the in the wok, and it's been very good. Um, Dang, those so, are cool. Other than that, from the, like, Wiki- from the Wikipedia, it says somewhat resembling a small toy top or flying saucer. Yeah, they're oh, really okay. great. Like everyone should have them. What do you do with them? Do you, like are they just like a vegetable? Do you just cook with yeah. other vegetables and like yeah, it's a it summer like squash. A... So okay, uh, treat it like you would any other summer squash, and you're you're in for a good time. <laughs> well, summer <laughs> here's my experience with summer squash is it's usually like summer squash summer not you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> give me a second. I don't, I don't know how I did that, but. That was a bad, bad. That was bad good. Joke. I like that. That was pretty good. Thanks. So anyway, so I my experience with squash is like you cut it in half, you scoop out all the stuff, and you like bake it or something. Like it's like yeah, mashed so you, squash is what I usually probably do. Doing with it. like butternut squash or spaghetti squash. Yeah, but like a summer stuff. squash, like a zucchini or a crookneck or a yellow squash, like you can just slice oh, yeah, it. So Trevor, specifically with butternut squash, I've done the same thing. Scoop it all out. Uh, well, cut it, cut it, and then like roast it, and then you scoop it yeah. out, and then, and then like and mash then it blend, or blend it for oh, a nice yeah. soup. Yeah, yeah which Carly and I have done like a little soup. bit of cream and salt and pepper and some that's stuff. That's right. And it's very good. Treat it um, like mashed potatoes. We did that a bunch. We did that a bunch over the fall and winter. It was delicious. Yeah. So I will have lots of squash. Um, so you know, let's uh, get together and have a little squash yes, party when Kyle, let's you get it. back from your yes, your little excursion. Oh, yeah. I'm going on a I'm sojourning i don't know what that word means i'm going i'm going on a trip i'm gonna be back next week um and i will report back with what i uh experience but we did oh wait i i was gonna go right to the uh, the game that took place because that was kind of social but we we should hop into the news hooray welcome to the news we did it yay this is a lion fake news media (laughs) (laughs) yep uh, <laughs> I don't know how I can follow that. Uh, all right, here's a list of news items. One, we signed a center back. Another one. This one's an a academy player, one. and we probably won't see him play for RSL for three years uh, once he is good enough in training every week to 
to uh, <laughs> once he's once he's earned it. Yep. Yeah. How old yeah, is he? Was really. he is he one of the like sixteen year old signings? Uh, he's he's like, not like I mean, going to college or anything. He, like, he was, was in the academy to Clemson. Um, but oh. yeah, he's eighteen. So suck it, Clemson. Yeah, that's got him first. Losers. That's yeah. right. Bunch of clowns wow. over there. That's always the goal. Uh, so the- we signed him, and that uh, Brian Dunseth I know is a big fan, and as yes. a defender who played for Real Salt Lake and as a you know we know Denny I, I guess I trust his opinion but yeah, I, I'm sure I, Luke Mulholland was also very impressed with him so you know that's all the the faith I need born in 2002 huh born in Cedar Hills Utah you, you're not supposed to look at when players are born now because <laughs> it really ages you yeah I uh I have a Gio Reyna jersey a Dortmund Gio Reyna jersey and I realized he's ten years younger than me. Yeah, and you're you're the so, young man of the pod. I'm so. 28. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I'm literally wearing a jersey of a child, a child jersey. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, he's from Cedar Hills. Yeah, he did it. Is he, that a Utah that, County place? That is it's a Utah like, County yeah, place. It's on the backside. Is- it's like by Eagle Mountain. Oh, okay. that's no, it's Eagle not Mountain. near Eagle Mountain. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it is. Isn't <laughs> no. it? Uh, what? No. What's what's stop laughing at me? Tell me where it is. <laughs> so, um, American Fork. That's no, literally close to Eagle Mountain. It's it's not. Okay. <laughs> I promise you. It like, is, is north Mountain? and east of American Fork. It is, you know, the um, Alpine Loop. Uh, oh, I thought Cedar right Hills was. Cedar Hills oh, I'm is thinking like of Cedar where Fort the Alpine Loop starts. Cedar Valley. Okay, sorry. Cedar Fort and Cedar Valley are right next to Eagle Mountain. You're Apparently, right. That's much Cedar Hills <laughs> is some. Uh, it's basically. This, Cedar a Hills is actually a city. What in the world? Why is this a city? So that whole like part, so like American Fork, Highland, Pleasant Grove, Alpine, those are all like, I mean, American Fork used to be, I feel like that whole area, and then it filled in with homes. I'm about ready to make this a geography podcast. I'm I'm like, we got to start taking a look at some borders because this is absurd. Why, why in the world would this place be a city? It's got it's. It has a total area of 2.7 square miles. Yeah. No, it's not big. Why it's, would this uh, be a city? It's, it's mostly the parks. Thing, uh, the small, smaller the local jurisdiction, the uh, more control individuals have <laughs> over their destiny. Did I do that right? The more freedom that they are freedom. Oh, yeah. Allowed. The freedom quotient goes up. So. I, well, Ben Cahoon, former receiver for the Montreal... Alouettes, Alouettes and current wide receiver for, sorry? Uh, I was just saying Alouettes. Yeah, you're right. Oh, for the, he's a receiver coach for BYU. And then Chad mm-hmm. Lewis, former NFL tight end for the 70, or the, the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> slash Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's from there too. What this is a real I'm, hotbed of athletic talent. That's true right. story. Can, can I'm I gonna, tell oh, a true wait, story I'm real gonna, quick? Yes, but I'm going to add uh, Zachary Farmsworth to notable people on here. <laughs> yes. uh, Chad Lewis came to my Eagle Scout Court of Honor. Why? Uh, my neighbor two doors down, who also got his Eagle Scout at the same time, uh, is related to Chad Lewis. He's his nephew. Nice. So Chad Lewis came to his nephew's Eagle Scout Court of Honor, which was my Eagle Scout Court of Honor. So Chad Lewis attended my Eagle Scout Court of Honor. Shook his hand. 
said hi. Nice. Okay. He's a big guy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you try to injure him so that his career would go downhill? Uh, no, he he'd been That's retired good. by like three or four years by that point. Oh. Let's you know, see, NFL Zachary players get to retire so early. Sometimes Barnes I'm jealous. I'm like, I'm gonna retire at 85 probably. And these NFL players are like, I've been playing for five years. Twenty eight years. Center oh, back for the Yeah, that's the life. All and right, then so, uh who's the other one that we said? Oh, Ben Cahoon. I was just gonna say he was the big kahuna when he played at BYU. I remember that. Oh. Well, there you go. That's all uh, I got. No, Cedar next, Hills is basically like a neighborhood. It's not a big yeah, place. That's baffling that it's an actual and uh it's city. Definitely like um upper middle class part yeah. of town. Okay. It's over by Alpine, right? South mm-hmm. of Alpine, yeah. It's right okay. next to Provo Canyon anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, so at exactly Canyon, farm, Provo Canyon farm is way south. All right, All right, so then the next item we've got is we uh <laughs> a player we had formerly signed, Joseph Akumo, uh Real Monarchs player, uh was transferred from the club he was at, which I think was Ellsborg. Elfsborg, yes, the Elf City, Elf Club, uh, moved to is it Gent or Ghent? I actually should have looked up pronunciations before we started. Gen- gentlemen, Gank. Gank. Oh, it's uh, the Belgian team, Gank, isn't it? Yeah, G A N K. No, we, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. There's a K in it, but it's K A A Gent or Gent. Yeah, cool. So, uh, yeah, he transferred there for like three million dollars, four million dollars. So we got a handsome ten percent sell-on fee, which yeah, is technically nice. the monarchs got a sell-on fee. Yeah, so as we know, so no it's definitely a different that. pot. Yeah, yeah, very very different. But cash in hand. Yep. Uh, and you know, I don't know who that money goes to now. That's a who knows? Who knows what happens to that money? Maybe well, they'll finish paying for the little is, concrete thing. That they treat call it the same way as like any other team treats a transfer. It just goes back into the club or into the owner's pocket. Well, and then that's that. That's where the question is, right? Like, it does it go into the owner's pocket? Who counts as the owner right now? I don't know. I think Deloitte counts as the owner right now. Oh, well, enjoy that extra half a coin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the next item is there's another American Soccer League. It's called the Goody. NASL, and it's the new third. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> no, another it's MLS. Um, I can't. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. The I can't believe the first edit I've ever made on a Wikipedia page is Cedar Hills, Utah, adding Zachary Farnsworth, a current center, a current center back for Real Salt Lake to I'm, that page. That was the really first one I ever made. Just a real moment of growth. Oh, feels good. Wow, they don't call me a senior editor of uh, managing editor director of RSL Soapbox for saying nothing, huh? I'm pretty sure this is now like the third or fourth Wikipedia page we as a podcast have colluded to edit. Oh, we should change because I feel like it's like that in the past. Yeah, we need to do this like an every other week type thing. We gotta, yeah. we gotta get the truth out there. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. All right, so another MLS league. Yay. Uh, they're starting with 20 MLS teams oh uh, with with uh, like a second side playing there. Uh, Real Monarchs, it sounds like, will be playing in this. Previous rumors that had Monarchs playing in the USL Championship. I think the way they structured the roster, it makes some good sense to move, move out of a, a more competitive league and into something a little more development-focused, which is probably yeah. what we all want from a second side, right? Yeah, 
Agreed. Does this mean the death of USL, though? That's a great question. Um, I think one of the things that could signal that is that they are open to investment from out from non MLS teams. Yeah. So you know, it, it, they're kind of positioning them, themselves that way, which is interesting. Weird because they cooperated pretty well for you know the last five years, six years. That's right? what I thought. I don't know, Trevor. What do you think? I know you think it's dumb. I do think it's dumb. Well, I mean, I'm sure on some level it makes sense. Um, I my problem is it sounds like it's just going to be the reserve league again, and the reserve league was like kind of pointless and dumb when it existed. I mean, I it, it so served a purpose, but there games. was. It, I'm sure <laughs> they're the fun, best. but it's just like. Yeah. I appreciated seeing teams compete against other professional teams. I feel like that's better for development than just having players just play against other players. I don't know. I don't have any like real hard opinions on it, except that it's just, it's more, (sighs) what's the word I'm looking for? It um, puts more things into the U S soccer landscape than is needs to be like there's just yeah, we, we've got like seven leagues now we're just adding another and one league gets super huge and then it gets small and then it folds five years later and like that's just, it seems like that's happening over and over and over yeah and this is just a continuation of that i wish that we could just have the usl be whatever version it is and then we have mls be whatever it is and just pick something and stick to it like you don't need to keep changing, but whatever. I'm sure it, the benefit of it is going to be something along the lines of, um, you don't have to like move players up and down MLS rosters or yeah, yeah that'd be good. USL rosters. I'm sure it's going to be a lot easier to send players down and pull players up, and yeah. I'm sure that's a big part of it. And, and that's a real difficulty yeah. right now. Bring a player up from Real Monarchs that is contracted two rail monarchs uh takes kind yeah, of an you, act you, of god right like you, you gotta can't, have, like you're not allowed to you can uh the bench well, under, has to be yeah you're right under short. like yeah you have to have like 12 players injured yeah it's like i think you have to have a, a 13 player roster available for a game yeah cool. and then you can yeah. only sign them like on it's like a 10 day garbage contract or something like that yeah so this is probably going to be better extreme than hardship that's what it's called yeah all right, now that we've talked about that, I don't think there's anything else to talk about, so uh, I guess we can end the podcast there. Yep, that's let's go. right. Good night, guys. No. See ya. Psych. <laughs> what happened last weekend, guys? Uh, we all saw each other in person. We did. It was okay. It's really nice. Let me paint you a little picture. I went to La Fagata Taco Truck again oh, down the yeah. street. That was delightful. Uh, one of my coworkers uh, and her husband drove by and they were also getting tacos. So I hung out with them for a little bit too. It was Carly, my friend TJ and me, uh, and then my coworker and her husband. It was great. Then we also met up with her again, um, in the stadium, just coincidentally. And then, uh, my family was there, Matt, your family was there. Yeah. Trevor, your daughter was there. I think I didn't mm-hmm. see her. Um, no, she was you didn't but yeah she was <laughs> yes tre- and so that was great there was a little party in 35 um i met I mom sat- in person and not just that's right suzette was 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 met in person yeah. and then in the south end uh oh and then like colin and jordan were were also 
over by 35 and then I was with them in the South end and then I had other friends in the South end. It was so fun. It was just a, it was just a party night and there were a lot of people watching the jazz game on the phone at the same time. And I Mm -hmm. feel bad for them, but yeah. um, Yeah. Can I tell you a funny story related to your story, Kyle? Yes. I walked into the stadium from the South end Mm -hmm. and started walking towards 35 which means you walk behind the executive club and whatever. Yeah. And as I walked past the executive club, I saw you walk just past the executive club. And you had obviously seen some friends that I didn't know, but you were like, Oh, Hey, look there. I think you were talking to Carly and you're like, Oh, Hey, look, there they are. And you started walking over to them. And I looked over at you and we were like 10 feet apart. And I started waving at you and I walked right in front of you no way i was two feet from you doing a big wave like this in your face walked right past you you didn't react or see me oh my gosh that is nuts you should just punch me instead i that's i've done that multiple other times and i'm glad you didn't like apparently take offense to it i had someone get really mad at me for doing that uh like years ago and i got a big text i was like okay, like you don't have to pretend to like me, but to completely <laughs> blow me off. I was like, whoa, what? And apparently I was at like a concert and like, uh, I just get very like tunnel vision. Um, I didn't my think, eyesight's bad. I didn't think you'd bring up our private conversation. In the first <laughs> That's right. And pod, I, Matt and I have made up since then, but like, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, that's so funny. And I'm so sorry, but I'm glad I saw you right after that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. When you came, who, yeah, yeah it, it was legitimately like three or four minutes before you came down and said hi to us. Oh, nice. Okay. And Charlotte um, was like, who was that? And I was like, oh, that's Kyle. I do the podcast with him. And she was like, why didn't he see you or recognize you? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm sure he was just focused on his friends. It's fine. We'll see him. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah. So the game, it was, it, it we, was bad. And then it was good, right? I mean, it, it was, was good. And then kind of bad and then good again and then pretty bad for a long while and then good again. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was up. It was an okay game. It was not that fun of a game, but like the game itself, the way we were playing, the way Vancouver was playing was like competitive. And then there yeah. was like a 30 minute period in the second half where it was boring as all hell. And then they got really exciting at the end and then it ended. <laughs> Yeah, but it started out super, super strong, right? Like Anderson yeah. Julio had two really good chances chances in the beginning um, in which he did not do well with either of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I thought he did just fine with the first one that I'm thinking of, the one that Cripo like sat on the on it and saved it. Okay, yeah, I guess he, he was, was it, fine. He was close to getting it under his legs, right? Yeah, and like his only other option at that point was somebody across the 18 that was covered by two guys. So, um, like, and then was the next one where shot. he had Rubio Rubin pretty open and didn't give him the ball. I'm trying to remember. There was like, I or thought, maybe it's that one. I thought there was one that he did pass the ball over and it just like, oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Rusnak's shot. There was one that he came down the side and he passed it across the middle. And I think Demir either dummied it or tried to go for it and just didn't get there and yeah. then it landed at Rusnak's feet and i don't think he was expecting it so he got oh, it off his it, foot dude, it took was a step and first. tried to take a shot and it just got blocked yeah so that shots first one he really could have he could have very easily just played that he could have squared that to rubio rubin who was right next to him yeah 
and Rubio would have buried that because there was just one defender back behind. He would have been in behind the keeper, okay. actually. So here's so, the question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Is we've now seen seven-ish, six or seven matches of Anderson Julio. Uh, wh- where do you stand on him now that we've had some like real time to evaluate? He obviously started very strong. Yeah. I think I talked to you about this at the game. Maybe it was Josh. I was talking to somebody about it, but it, I kind of landed on my opinion of him last game where basically him and Justin Miram are, they're not the same player, but neither of them should be finishing games. They should be subbing for each other. It doesn't matter which one starts, but I think whoever starts should play 60 minutes and get subbed for the other. I think that when he plays more than 60 minutes, he's not very effective past minute 60. And same with Justin Miram. If he plays for more than 60 minutes, he's not very effective in going into the second half but they're both pretty good when they've got fresh legs and energy and i think that they both offer kind of the same thing going forward yeah miram had a really rough game i think honestly that game i think that was probably one of his worst games of the season um i'm gonna disagree with that but i he he made a meal of a lot of uh his he he did not look good on the ball in my in my view um and i did not percentage uh if you're curious yeah uh, twenty-eight point six. Yeah, Just, yeah. It was, wow. and he, he okay. his dribbling was worse than it normally is. He lost the ball in a lot of ways he normally doesn't. Um, I was, I, I think that one's certainly the outlier of what I've seen from him this season. So that's fine. But yeah, I don't know what to, th- to think about Anderson Julio. I he's um obviously incredibly fast and uh just not super clinical unfortunately so far um i would like i mean i think that can change because a couple things go his way and he's got a he's got a few more goals this season but yeah i don't know i uh, i ooh, not sure i think let's just say that if he loses his spot to bobby wood potentially i wouldn't be yeah I wouldn't be super bummed. And that's another thing we should mention is that uh, Bobby Wood did not. It was not in the 18. And um, and that was planned. Well, sort of. It was up to Bobby, though. So apparently he was supposed right, to be. That's what I mean. Um, and then uh, it was told he wasn't ready. He told staff he needs more time the day before the game. Um, and he talked at halftime uh, about it and just like adjusting to salt lake real salt lake and all that um yeah anyway so that was a bummer but hopefully we see him i don't know this week in one of the two games we have this week if he's concerned about elevation uh wednesday could be the perfect time to come to make an appearance right oh that that's right wednesday's also on turf yeah perfect (laughs) what's the worst that can happen (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Um, the only thing I wanted to finish off of Vancouver with was Justin Miram had an assist, and he hasn't had an assist all season, and that counts for something. Yeah. I'm not saying that makes oh. him man of the match, but he did assist the Demir oh, that's right. goal at the end. He had a fan. Oh, that's that's right. He had that that his. Okay, so let's go through the game. Um, Albert Rusnak had a really nice assist to Demir Krylock, who scored yet another outside the box goal. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a b- bit of a nice deflection, but 
this counts all the same. So that was great. So right before halftime, um, we let them back into the game in the second half uh, because of we just very poor, bad defending, but poor clearing of our lines. Uh, Andrew Brody got the ball on his side after um, some decent defending. And he gives up the ball in like the probably one of the worst spots you can give the ball up in. Um, and just they had a wide open uh, cross to someone in the box. Bit of a weird like deflection type thing there as well. They score. That sucked. And then it was just a grind for <laughs> the next oh, man. a long time. And there was not a lot going on. There was um, uh, some subs. Pablo Ruiz came out for Everton. Uh, Luis. Um, Pablo the Ruiz. Big one, the Everton big sub. That, that sh- yeah. So well, and Everton got. I think we should first mention that Everton <laughs> has pink hair now, which I'm very appreciative of. Was it pink or blonde? It, or silver? Wait, it was blonde. Was it? I, wait, why in my head is it pink? I don't know. I thought it was pink. Wait, now I can't remember. I is think, it blonde? Here's the I thing. posted them I, on Twitter. If you're curious. I remember I seeing remember the now. picture that you posted on Twitter and thinking that that wasn't blonde. And then I saw him in person and I was like, oh, that's blonde. Yeah, maybe that's but what I it was. Oh, I, some, also be I could also see somebody saying that it was silver. Is Joseph this, uh, Martinez. I, with them. I was thinking of Joseph Martinez. It's pink right now. Is, is it what? A, is it a blue dress thing here? Yeah, I Wait. Is the dress no. blue or is it? I don't remember the other color was supposed to be. The, it was black and gold and white. No, white and gold, oh, black and purple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and blue, I can't remember. Anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think he's got blonde hair. Anyway, um, so that 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 was a welcome surprise. And then uh, the big the big sub that we saw, which was of course the one that we were all expecting, <laughs> Marcelo Silva for uh, yeah. Eric Holt. <laughs> Yeah, in like so. the what was it, the sixty some odd minute? <laughs> yeah, sixty fourth minute, just pretty standard substitution. One of our earliest subs of the season, and it's our center back who uh, was visually not pleased with. No, <laughs> yeah, he was very pissed. Um, but you know, didn't didn't take it out on the coaching staff at least. So I, I suspect it will have it'll bear no no impact on his uh, appearances probably, but. Yeah, Still, that was an interesting. Uh, thing. But that he was did odd. get. I mean, he got a yellow card in the twelfth minute. So, oh, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it, then that from sub that ends up, angle. It makes sense. Yeah. Then the sub ends up paying uh, very good dividends <laughs> because uh, after. Uh, okay, first of all, we've got to figure out our corner si- corner kick situation because oh my God. Albert's bad, but no yeah. one else is better, <laughs> apparently. Pablo Ruiz used to be better. I don't know what Pablo happened. Ruiz used to be better, but he can't not hit it really hard either. And I don't understand why. Like, and again, Vancouver had a bunch of really good chances before we ended up scoring what ended up being the game winner. But, like, they hit the crossbar. They had a few other shots that were very near uh, – nearly on frame and yeah that was that was interesting that um i just watched us just ruin every corner so then albert rusnak has a, a cross from uh our the attacking left side and it goes all the way over everyone it nearly goes out of bounds uh we somehow we earn a corner or we earn, we earn a throw in excuse I, me i still don't know how that happened I don't, I don't remember. It's enough, I guess. Um, and yeah, so we win a throw in after a really bad corner or excuse me, just cross. 
And our throw-ins are far more dangerous than our corners because Aaron Herrera can throw it exactly where corner kick should go. They're just obviously lofted and like a bit slower. And then Eric Holt wins a header <laughs> off of the off this Aaron Herrera throw. And uh, he scores at the back post. So just as we drew it up, Eric Holt gets his first MLS goal. So the sub paid off. Everything was exactly as planned. He was you know, That was an attacking substitution. This? Yeah. That is Aaron Herrera's fourth assist in five games. Good for him, that dude. Is, that is nuts. Good for, <laughs> that is good for him. He had four assists in 2019 altogether. And that was uh, so pretty good. Of them, at least two of them. Yeah, he, uh, Everton is blonde. I just, for some reason, my head was thinking pink. Um, uh, he's got um, are two of them or three of them to Demir or two of them to Demir? You know, well, uh, at least I mean, two. Demir scored nine goals this year so far. So chances he's, are, he's already at nine. No, I'm making stuff up. But he scored the most <laughs> goals on the team, I think, for yeah, sure. Quite a few, he might be tied. I think he might have five, and Rubin has five, or does he have four? I will look. Um, and, and Demir Krylik is having a yet four. He has four. And Demir Krylik is having yet another career year. Uh, let's talk about his his first how? goal. Can we real quick? Can I and then we go can back talk to about, the throw-in thing? Yeah. Yes. Just for a second, I just want to tell you, we were. Um, I was sitting with Josh, next to Josh, and there was a throw-in early in the game, like 15 minutes in, whatever. Herrera comes over; it's right in front of us. He throws it into somebody, and we end up losing possession, or it goes out for a goal kick. It was not pointless, but it was a pointless throw-in. And Josh was saying, "We just need to throw it into the middle, get it into the mixer." And he basically said, "Same thing we said: like we can't do it on a corner kick. Yeah. So we need him to just throw it in the middle." And we started talking about how like that's not effective at all. <laughs> I hate long throw-ins because the scoring rate on like long throw-ins is like half that of corner kicks, and corner kicks aren't that great of a scoring chance either. Half that of your average corner kick, but not half yeah. that of our corner kicks. It's like yeah, and that was basically the point yeah. that Josh made. He was like, well, at least the ball gets to the right spot and whatever. And then he said the other added bonus is that if you score on a long throw-in, like the team that's defending it, that's the most humiliating thing that can happen to a team in soccer. That's true. Is get scored on on a long throw-in. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Had that conversation. That is and then great timing. We scored on a long throw-in like 30 minutes later. It was hilarious. You know what's wild about this for me is like I think back to Rory DeLapp at Stoke City when they were like the long throw-in team. And yeah. you know, teams would put the ball out for a corner kick instead of a throw-in. Like it was was wild i sort of hope we become that part of it i think it's very funny uh yeah, it is a little seriously. depressing but you know that is it, i'm i'm okay with depressing right now um, i but hope the, that the we get way better this, at corner kicks yeah That's that'd be nice <laughs> um aaron herrera's throws i mean they're they're not like amazing i mean they're, they've got distance and they're accurate um but there's nothing like special about them no. aside from being okay long um, well, where like you think back to Rory Lepp and they were very flat and like really hard to deal with as a result, but like these aren't these shouldn't be, but you know, good on Vancouver for gifting us that one. And the, you know, Eric Holt's Give- backward header was. I mean, there's there's a little bit of luck there, right? They all count yeah. the same. Who cares? Right. I mean, he's just you're really just trying to get it on frame the best you can, and uh, yeah. he did. Yeah. So that that was great, and then. Um, very soon after, uh, Aaron, uh, not Aaron, Justin Miram had a 
delightful cross to Demir Kralik at the back post and another headed goal. And Demir gets his brace. <laughs> and he's just he's just awesome. He's really good. I I don't know what more you can say about Demir. It's just that he's just a real peach of a signing, to be honest. And it I feels like we've we fi- finally found a way for him to get goals while still being in the midfield where he's where he can not, contribute to things more, right? And not being a striker. Yeah. Not yeah but he's, like he's scoring striker. at like a phenomenal rate right now. And that's obviously going to go down. Um, I, I mean, mean, I hope mean, not, but. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be let's amazing. Let's be honest. But, yeah. Um, but it's, it's really good to see. So It is very great. Um, let's talk that first goal, though. Um, so he, he gets that ball from Rusnak, who is. It, it was an interesting play, right? Because Rusnak's kind of at the center, like right outside the box and flips yeah. the ball like diagonally and back to Krylik, who takes a, like a weird long shot against the ground, right? Not a whole lot of pace, but, you know, enough to get the job done. Um, and and I think like this is where where expected goals really falls short, right? Yeah. Um, is, is those situational things because the, the goalkeeper's off balance expecting probably Rusnak to shoot maybe or do something else or the first pass to have been a shot. Yeah. But because, you know, it's come across in a different way, like Krylik's got a, a more open look than maybe he usually would from that position. Right. I, I think that's interesting because there's no way to account for that like with expected goals right now mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the situation is is highly contextual, and uh, I guess that's my problem with expected goals. If we can venture that far, as they account for like attacking shots, but there's no accounting for defensive positioning, and part of that is yeah. because nobody's out there tracking defensive positioning statistically. Yeah. Like that's it's a, a very heavy task and a lot yeah. of manual labor. So like you'll get it at, at like a club level, where they may be scouting an opponent. And trying to figure out defensive positioning and averages of those, but you're not going to get it on a like a high level nationally or internationally. Yeah, I was going to say that I think the closest thing we have is heat maps, and I don't know how you're going to really. And heat maps are just touches of the ball. So, like, if that. a player's not touching the ball, oh, he's yeah, not on heat position. map. Oh, okay. Now clubs yeah. will have that for their own players because they've got mm-hmm. like, you know, those fancy those nanotech suits things. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting that Vancouver ended with a higher expected goals than we did, and I think that's likely because, I mean, they, oh man, they won that header from a corner in a really good spot. So I, I think when winning a corner from a header inside the six is probably a higher expected goals than getting a long throw in to meet someone's head, right? I think, yeah. That, I was going to say the, the long throw in goal was like a 0.01 right. XG. <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I don't know that, but I imagine so that's I don't know what it if is. it's better to. I mean, obviously, outcomes are better when you um, when you exceed the expected goals rate. Um, I don't know if it's a wholly positive sign if you gave up nearly two expected goals only let in one actual goal yeah so i i don't know that's a that's a tough question yeah and i they think had, the, the two expected goal is the problem but only allowing one on two like is good you just want your expected goals to be less than two 
Yeah, generally for, that means you it, it could have that, forced that, like yeah. a good save out of the keeper or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, sustainable. It's fair to say that like looking at their shot map, it's fair to say the Vancouver underperformed on their shots. I think like, so too. They they easily they had some really good chances that I, I yeah. felt. I don't know. I, I I'm pretty. I'm trying not to be too nervous about our back line, but again, I defensively, I don't think I like Brody on the left side. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he offers much defensively and he didn't offer a ton going forward. I mean, he 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 was good again. Um he's he's always good in attack, but I think he's a bit of a liability on the left side as a defender and uh um he's like playing like an inverted winger. It's interesting. Yeah. Um I don't know about that, to be honest, especially when we have Marcelo Silva <laughs> as one of our center backs still. I really yeah. think that like I'd rather have Donnie Toya probably at the moment um, or Aaron Herrera maybe on the left. I know that that apparently is unlikely to happen at this point, but I guess. So. Um, yeah, I think with if you have at this point, if you have Aaron and Andrew on the field, I think wh- whichever one you have on the left or the right. I think with the way that the team is using them, the what the team is asking from them, I don't know that that makes that big yeah, of a difference. Yeah, it might not. I think you're you're probably right about that. I I, I think defensively it probably makes a difference, but offensively I, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. And defensively, like the difference I think is minuscule. It just means that yeah. you're going to be stronger on the left than you are on the right, and that's yeah, still and, exploitable. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm trying not to get too. I was obviously very emotional during that game. I was having fun with my friends. I said some stuff on Twitter. I didn't say anything crazy on Twitter, but I just was like, I, all I said, one of the things was, I was like, RSL cannot give up points at home again. Like I, yep. I because so I, and I know obviously the outcome was great and like last minute goals are a thing and game winning goals are a thing. And we've seen this in years past from players like Savarino, especially who seem to always come through in the clutch. But like if we had it, if we had tied that game, I, I, that's a really, really bad <laughs> outcome based yeah. on how, how many, how poorly we've done at home this year. And that would, I was really getting concerned there and I'm still concerned, right? Because we, didn't create a lot of chances to be honest until well, the last till stoppage time yeah and the other problem is that vancouver is not that good of a team no like, they his, yeah. and i mean obviously their their season is situationally not ideal for them but right, right still like they're not that good of a team and we should be beating them comfortably at home agreed if we have our, however many draws we have at home and then we just add a Vancouver draw on that like that. It's, yeah, it's not good. That, optically, that is not great. That's very bad. So and I'm trying again, I'm trying like I know we've got three players coming in who uh, by all accounts can and probably should make a difference for us defensively with Tony Dodkovich, uh, Bobby Wood as a striker. And Joni Menendez uh, as whatever he's being brought in for, whether it's a sub. I think the expectation, though, is that with him, he's either going to be starting or as a sub, a difference maker as a sub. I don't think we're bringing him in to be a Mike Helching or a Douglas Martinez who's just yeah. playing garbage minutes, right? I think it's fair to say that the expectation is that he's going to come in and score some goals or create some chances for us. 
So I'm trying not to be like too uh, worried, but it is like, I don't know. It was concerning that like it took a throw in goal to Eric Holt's head. And then the, the, the third goal was fantastic, but I just, um, but that doesn't come with, you know, without the second goal, right? I right. At that point, I think it was clear that Vancouver was not going to get back in the game to, to draw that match. And I, th- I mean, yeah, it, you're right. And that, that, that wasn't going to happen with, unless we'd scored that first or the second goal, I guess. So, yeah, that's I'm I'm pretty pretty nervous about our home performances still, but yeah. um should we talk about Albert real quick? Sure. Can I Yes. Hey, so speaking yes. of Just Albert, may. I've done some math real quick while you guys oh. have been talking. Oh. This is a math podcast, so yeah. this is a math podcast and I'm trying to do different math right now, but that can be put aside. Court. So um among Albert, Justin, and Julio this is going to be pop quiz section. Who has yeah. more key passes? Total on the season? Total on the season. Albert. Albert, Justin, and Julio? Yeah. Which Justin are we talking? Justin Miram. Oh, okay. Who has the most out of those three? Who has the most? I'm going to guess Julio. I'll guess Albert. Miram. Albert has the most out of those three. Oh. Albert has the most by a not considerable, I mean, no, by kind of a lot. Yeah, not a lot. That's not fair. He has the most comfortably. Good. Um, between the three of them, who has the most goals? That's Julio. It's easy. Yep, Julio. Yeah. And Albert and Justin have zero. Yep. Who has most assists? At this point? At this point. It, well, we know Justin's at least got the one, right? Justin yeah. has the and one. Albert and has Albert the has one just now. the one. Mm-hmm. Does Julio have one or two or zero? Julio has zero assists. Okay. So I'm going to go with uh, Justin Miriam. No, they both have one. Oh. And they, wow. both, they both got their first assist in the most recent game. Interesting. So As all three he, of them. So you mean three of our wingers had zero assists until, sorry, yeah. until yesterday or um, Friday? As far as key passes per 90 go, <laughs> who do you think has the most? Is it Miram or is it Albert? On the team or of those three? Uh, but we're still talking those three. Yeah, it's uh, Rusnak. Oh, well, I'm, I might be looking at numbers right now. I'm assuming so. it's it, it's probably Albert then. No, it's Justin. Yeah. My math yeah. says that Justin has one key pass every 53 minutes played. Albert has one key pass every 70 minutes played. And Julio has one key pass every 71 minutes played. <sighs> All right. So as far as like chance creation, what's Justin interesting? Doing way better. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I, but I also think he plays a, a bit differently than Julio. Julio is much more of a get in behind type of. Like there were times this season playing with Julio and Rubin where we look like we're playing a bit of a four four two with him playing as a second striker. A little bit, and Miram. I, yeah, I, th- I think he's he's better on the ball. He's not as fast as Julio. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't know if that surprises me too much. But yeah, I mean, Julio does seem to be taking a lot more shots than the other wingers, right? Like he finds himself in a lot more advanced positions than Albert Rusnak does. Albert Rusnak's Albert Rusnak's not trying to get in behind the defense. Um. But Anderson Julio consistently finds himself behind uh, left backs. Yeah, breaking those yeah. lines. It looks like 
without doing the math, it looks like Albert and Anderson have about the same amount of shots. I think Albert has a few, like one or two more. <laughs> Alberts are always, it seems, from outside the 18, and, and it Justin, seems like they all get blocked. Yeah, I know he yeah. had... Justin has way less. Yeah, and I, I think Justin's looked more dangerous to scoring this year, definitely, than Albert has. I don't think I've Albert's had a shot yet where I was like, oh, that's that's probably going to go in. I, Albert, I, Miriam's had three or four. I think Justin's got more shots on goals. I'm sure he does. And he's um, only had seven shots on the year, and Albert's had like 12, 13. Yeah, tough. Yeah. So, okay. Rough. Honestly, so my I point, thought Albert... Oh, sorry. Continue. So, real, just wanted to finish the point. Yeah. My point is that we're talking about these new players that are coming in, Johnny and Bobby and, and well, those two specifically coming in and pushing <laughs> Justin and Anderson out, for, out of their spot. Yeah. I think statistically, I mean, and it's a small picture, but I think statistically, if we're looking at key passes and assists and goals, Justin and Anderson are doing more than Albert has so far this season, which means that we're yeah. just back to Albert needs to be pushed out of his so position. This brings me back to bench. something that Freddie Juarez said today in, an, in a press conference. Um, he described Albert Rusnak as such. For us, he's still the 10 coming in from a wide position. And that for me, like that gives me a big hint about what they're trying to do with Albert. And it further gives me a, a good idea about how I think it's working. Now, uh, <laughs> Freddie Juarez, I think thinks seems to think it's working. Okay. Um, and that's, but, but it, the way he describes it, like that's their intention is to have a 10 coming in from outside and what like, position does he ha- see Demir Krylock playing? If Albert's playing an inverted winger as a 10, does that mean Demir is also a 10? Because yeah, he's not I mean, a he 6, be, he's not an 8, and he's not a 9. Could be like a second striker type situation, so maybe an 11. Like like I a guess. false 9 from the midfield, kind I, of? Maybe. <laughs> so there, yeah. there has been a phenomenon of what they call the false 10. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I don't really know. So what in, in, in a situation where you've got Albert Rusnak and Demir Krylock, who's the false ten? <laughs> um, well, I, I think, think that the, makes Albert right. Uh, well, Albert Albert's in the like a wide position, so you know it seems like is it Thomas Mueller that played out wide frequently, but always came inside. And I mean, not to compare Rusnak with anyone <laughs> of that level, but with anyone with those Thomas Mueller dancing skills, yeah. Um, Bavarian dancing skills. I, I, yeah. And it feels I, I a, bit, a little bit like Freddie Juarez is cribbing from, you know, the experts, but it's, it's just not going in any like meaningfully productive way. Well, and yeah. to be fair, we should point out that Albert was mostly trash for the first three or four or five games this year. And the mm-hmm. last two, there's been, especially against Vancouver, there was a marked improvement. Yeah, so, I mean, I he wasn't he was, like obviously like he's not scoring goals left and right, but right, and he's not making a million key passes a game, but like he yeah. was definitely better against Vancouver. Yeah, and I like him and on he was the playing left the same side. kind of role that he did against Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, and where I he think was I like him better on better. the left side as well. Like, I, I, he started on the left side this game. Um, and if he's going to be inverted, I think the left side makes more sense because he's going to be essentially playing right foot to his back to the back post. And I think that's better, but um, I also thought he was better this game. Not even 
the assist aside, I thought he seemed to be playing with a bit more uh, fire, as it were. And I thought he had some good what's. But again, the things I liked from him that game seemed to be like him, like making good challenges to win the ball back. And yeah. like he and he won the ball back in some really nice spots and was able to like play out of those positions. And I was like, oh, that was really good. I it was weird that it was from Albert, I guess, but that, that was good. <laughs> but I, it was never like, other than that that pass, which was the back heel thing, assist thing to Demir. I didn't think he looked particularly dangerous. He had he had some nice link up play with Rubio Rubin in the first half, um, where Rubio Rubin had like a volley on on like at the keeper. Um, but yeah, kind of still. Like he didn't look disinterested. I don't think. I yeah. don't think he looked. He didn't look bad. I just was like the things I saw from him. Again, the assist was great. I'm glad to see he got that. But I was just like, oh yeah, like he's. I he's, I don't need. I the, don't know the level. <laughs> the level of play that he played at against Vancouver is the level I think that like the minimum that we should expect from Albert. Like if Agreed. he plays yeah. that well or as well as he did like that should be considered that should be what is a like not bad game from albert but like good that he should, be should like still a he should game, definitely yeah. still be better um, than he was for the type of player that he is in the position <laughs> that the team has put him in he he should still be better but it, it, i don't know i just think it's important to note that at least over the last two games he's improving yeah it's, it's hard to get mad better, at somebody for improving no, no i agree I, yeah, I i'm not mad I'm, at him <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah i'm not yeah, mad i'm just like <laughs> i mean right yeah I, it's i mean it's just not there yet i don't want to get like too excited about the return of albert rusnak vengeance yeah. mode yeah, or no, whatever terminator all. three return of the jedi that was that was a sentence but i <laughs> I, I i was i was pleasantly surprised with certain aspects of his game that day um still lacking some like of the it doesn't seem like too dangerous around the goal which um seems kind of funny to save when he had that like you know funky cool assist but still i'm just like doesn't feel just dynamic enough in the final third um so one interesting thing we should maybe talk about here with the new signings uh is on uh bleeding bleeding clareton cobalt Trey Fitzgerald's pod, you know, interview focused podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke with ourselves uh, VP of soccer operations, Rob Zarkos, uh, who who kind of intimated that it that like RSL could be changing formations to support you know the players they've brought in. Um, which one? I think it's it's weird for a VP of soccer operations to say that, and not a coach. That is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I hearken back to uh, Dola Hansen yeah. saying we were going to play a four-three-three. Oh my goodness! Who I, I think forgot was about the that. primary reason we played a four-three-three. I'm guessing it was one of his 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 son that was really into soccer who convinced him to do all sorts of things. That's my yeah. guess. Anyway, that that being what it is, um, it's it's going to be interesting to see where Rusnak ends up. They've even talked about like, oh, maybe we can play the diamond. Um, I, I think we we have a lot of wingers. Um, 
<laughs> when I was when I was um, looking up Zachary Farnsworth's when I was trying to determine what I was going to link on the Wikipedia, I just found I linked his RSL and like the announcement that he signed the contract and it's and it has the RSL current roster as of six sixteen twenty one. It, we were showing as having four goalkeepers, eleven defenders, seven midfielders, and eleven forwards. And I'll and I'll also tell you that the seven midfielders includes Albert Rusnak um, and Bodie Davis. And then forwards we have Michael Chang, Chris Garcia, Milan Alaski, Anderson Julio, Douglas Martinez, Jonathan Menendez, Justin Miram, Jason Ramirez, Rubio Rubin, Bobby Wood. That's a lot of. A lot of forwards we got there. Yeah, there's no way we're going to a solely two forward system, right? Now we'll, right. we could play like a. I would actually love to see like a classic four four two. Um, it probably yep. wouldn't we'll work in MLS, bucket. but you know, like. I'm, let's st- do I'm it. still. Let's try it. I'm still on board for four two two two. Yeah, me too. That's I that's am too. What I'm doing. Um, I honestly forgot that Chris Garcia was a thing. And I honestly forgot that Jason Ramirez was a thing. So, yeah, you know what's interesting about the four that, that two, sucks two, and two. really yeah. sucks. <laughs> it does. The four two 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 is almost similar to the four two three one in a way. Um, just like with that central attacking mid moving up more. Yeah, Being and explicitly but, a forward, right? Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, and then potentially like those, uh, the second set of two being more like uh, cams essentially. But I still am so perplexed about what the lineup is going to look like if we're trying to start our bet. Like if Bobby Wood's going to start, I have no idea what <laughs> what, what Freddie's yeah. going to do. Like zero zero idea. The only thing that like makes sense right now would, would be rotating that position with Rubio Rubin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe that you know, I mean, Rubin pl- finally played ninety minutes, um, and we have a you know, with a midweek game. Yeah, yeah, maybe Bobby gets to start. That makes sense, but that to me feels too much like you're taking. It might be too much to say that Rubin's the best player on the field, but he's the biggest threat yep. to score a goal, and he has been yeah. all season. Yep. So I. I don't know. I don't see how Rubin has played him out of starting. Yeah. Like he hasn't. He's the starter for sure. Yep. I think you have to put Bobby on the field somewhere else next to Rubin or behind Rubin or something like that because you can't take Rubin off the field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, agreed. All right. Should we? uh, I do think you could take Albert off the field. What? Wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we play Seattle Wednesday, uh, two days from now. Yay. Um, out on the turf in the mm. Pacific Northwest. Seattle's still good, right? I assume. Seattle's yeah, still uh, very good, actually. Their recent form should give us uh, reason to worry. <laughs> um, they have yet to lose a match, so. Oh. You know, I'd be happy on. with the draw. Yeah. <laughs> a draw sounds optimistic. I'd be happy with a one goal loss. Yeah. Like one nothing, two one. I think that's probably a good performance. At the Hang same on, time, we're going to go only back to being a math game, real quick. So. Which game yeah, was that? Was, oh, the San Jose game. Yeah. That was the math I was doing. So we're like, at 1.7 points per game right now, which is yep. like kind of acceptable. Yeah. It's actually really uh, good. 
yeah, uh, we're, in a, we're down in, in a low playoff position. And let's see what Seattle is at, just for fun. Oh, Seattle's at 2.3 points per game. Yeah. Oof. Yep. <laughs> so they're the best team in the league right now. Don't worry about it. Yeah. RSL 2-1 gonna... win. Calling it right now. That, that sounds good to me. But, I would uh, take Kyle, it. Kyle, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Are you going to be watching this match, Kyle, or will you be um, in an airplane? What time does the game start? 8 p.m. Mountain yeah, Daylight Time. I kind of doubt late. I'll be watching it. Um, we'll see. I'll see what I can do. I might be Double with. Check I might be visiting out. with a friend that evening. Oh, good. That'll be lovely for you. Which does mean uh, if we do record again this week, we will be sans Kyle. I will send. I'll record myself. I'll send a message to be put in the pod. That would be. I'll lovely. give my thoughts. Okay. That, that's a yeah. Anyway. You guys I, could bring uh, Lucas on in my stead if you'd like. That's true. Got an idea of somebody else we could bring on. Bobby you talk to him bring Colin the, on in, in my stead. Game. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. I'm just saying that, that would be a good Kyle. opportunity. Also, honestly, you guys should set that up. If okay. uh, yep, that's a good idea. Right. Our people get in touch with his people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now we oh, could talk man. more about the Seattle game, but you know what? I think we're actually a, a better post-game than pre-game podcast. I think so, too. Well, yeah. No, I think no. the only, like, pre-game possible setup is, like you said, like, if Bobby Wood plays, yeah. and if he plays, we've talked about it for the last three games in a row, it feels like what the possibilities are of Bobby Wood playing tactically and positionally, uh, we don't really need to beat the dead horse. Bobby Wood might play, and that would be exciting if he does. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's that's the only preview that's worth giving for that game. I'm in favor I of Bobby like. Wood minutes at some point. So, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't want to run Rubin ragged, right? So, no, let's we do just not. give him a start on Wednesday, and we'll call it good. Would love to see some Bobby this uh, Bobby this Wednesday. Well, would love it. I suppose we should wrap up. Kyle, enjoy there- your uh, your pre- rented Prius on. On Wednesday, uh, via Turo, yes. Um, thank you. I will. I'm. Uh, I'm very much playing this entire trip by ear. So we'll see. Oh, those are the best. And I might be. I honestly think I might be spending a decent amount of time on this trip doing completely solo stuff, which oh. sounds really nice to me right now. Yeah, enjoy. Because um, Carly's in Arizona and. I, like I have friends that I'm like, I'm kind of bouncing around a bit among different friends in uh, LA and orange County. So um, yeah, I'm, but I haven't really made a ton of solid plans and I'm kind of uh, I'm liking the sound and the feel of that. I might just like go take pictures all over and just not feel any pressure to leave. Um, you know, just like, cause I don't want to, I don't like making people wait on me. So I might just do, solo photo journeys quite a bit but yeah we'll see what happens can i ask you also we'll be sailing yes um do you do i know you do like photography do you do like nature photography like of animals very much or is that something you're i into? i i have in the past um I, I should animals. send you some photos i've i've taken i've like 
no, I haven't gone out with that intention, but I started out doing like out, like when I first started taking pictures, it was at, like outdoor photography. Yeah. Right. So I've never like gone out with the sole intent to like take photos of like birds or something, but yeah. like I've gotten really good photos of animals over the years. Um, just being in certain areas, just but, being outdoors. Yeah. there's yeah. a place called point Vicente. There's a famous lighthouse there. Um, I ended up there. This is the place that's, I think I've talked about it. It's north of Trump's golf course in LA. Oh, yes. It's right by, right off the PCH. Yeah, it's in, it's in uh, Palo Verdes, right? Uh, yeah, somewhere in that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. If you go there, there's a family of peregrine falcons that just Ooh. like live in those cliffs and they just fly all over the place. And every day, all day, there's a whole bunch of nature photographers that are getting pictures of them. But okay, if you wanted to take pictures of birds on cliffs and also see the ocean, that's a good place to do it. I honestly might do that because it's honestly pretty, it's really close, to, not really close to the airport, but it's, I mean, it's close to the airport. So it's just right down, uh, right down the old one, the yeah. Redondo Beach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks for the, the, I remember we talked about this. I'm honestly going to do that. <laughs> I'm just, which I don't know which day it is, but I'm going to go over there. Yeah, it's a really good place. I've decided that I like the ocean, but I don't really like beaches. And so I've just been finding places like that like where it's just cliffy like cliffy spots, cliffs yeah. and like that kind of stuff. And that's where I ended up on my last trip. And yeah, it's really nice. nice. I really like that cool. place. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, well, well, gentlemen. Uh, Kyle tell Carly that it should get down to 85 tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to let her know where she is. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Matt wanted me to tell you. Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll really cool down at night. Right? Wait, you mean in Arizona or here? Arizona. <laughs> it's, it's 85 here right now. Yeah, 85 I can promo. deal with like at 930. Um, at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. when it's supposed to be at, at the coolest point of the day, like I can't deal. Like I, I don't know. So yeah. uh, send Carly our regards and tell her to stay inside. The game on Friday, it was honestly still pretty hot after the sun oh, went yeah. down. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that, yeah was no, a, it, that was a toasty one. <laughs> the lows are like 60, but that's at like 4 a.m. is when yeah, it gets that, that low. Was it not, stays pretty it hot. Was, it was still. Oh yeah, I like when I got in my car, it was still saying it had been dark for a while and it still said like 95 degrees in my car, which obviously wasn't that hot, but I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can anyway. I give you can I give you guys some good news? Yes. I'm looking at the 10 day on Thursday, and I'm looking at Provo, but I know it's similar for Salt Lake, obviously. Mm-hmm. 10 day forecast on Thursday has a high of 83 degrees. Oh, that's no perfect. way. It's supposed to go down to 89 on Wednesday goes back up on friday and yeah then it gets really hot next week oh but this week i mean this thursday, thursday has a high, pretty cool this thursday has a high of 82 and where i'm at 82 84 88 8, 91 97 100 100 yep. so <laughs> go right back up yeah it's hot again but we get a small break this week enjoy good. it good all right well, gentlemen good good night <laughs> good night all right, we'll see everyone next time <laughs> <laughs>